0: Who am I? That's a single question that can plague nearly anyone on the planet. You know your name, where you come from, and what you do day to day. But have you done an inventory of your history and life experiences to see what made you into who you are now? Welcome to the Just Dumb Enough podcast. I'm your host as always, Colton Petrie. My guest today is Urmi Hussain. Urmi now works in in the financial services industry of Canada. But before that, she was just a Bengali girl growing up in Italy, wondering which cultural norms she was supposed to be emulating, what things were true to her, and what things were just expected. It was a journey through life which took her several decades and moving across the world to figure out. She's written a book and now speaks publicly on the importance of discovering who you are for your own sake. It's something any of us should take the time to at least think about, even if you think you're the most vanilla person in the world. Vanilla is still its own flavor, no matter what mint chocolate chip might say. Where am I going with this? Anyway, let's take a solid glance inward. Welcome to the show, Urmi Hussain. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. I am so sorry I have a hard time rolling my R's. I sounds <laughs> <That was> good. <laughs> so uh, thank you again for being on the show. Why don't you kind of introduce who you are and what you do for the people listening?
1: Sure. So my name is Urmi and I live in Montreal, Canada. I work in the financial services industry. I've been part of this industry for about six years. I come from an education background of finance. And that's what I do with my, I would say as a full-time employee. And then on my, on my free time, I like to do a lot of volunteering work dedicated to giving back to the non-privileged. And I support a lot of causes related to women's empowerment. And I also have my own blog that I use to educate or share a little bit of my knowledge to, to the world. I also have a YouTube channel, and I also just published my first book. And um, I'm also a very big supporter of self-investing, self-improvement. So I do a lot of things related to public speaking. So one of the things that I've been doing for quite some time is attending public speaking clubs so that I can improve my public speaking skill.
0: Yeah. And that's a lot. I mean, you're taking on quite the full plate because like the full financial job, I have to imagine is like quite a lot of effort and quite a lot of hours. And then you add in like also an author, also a public speaker, also doing volunteer work. You are nonstop.
1: (laughs) I guess.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know, but when you, you reached out to me, you kind of said like, oh, here is my book. And it really like it grabbed a hold of me to be like, oh, I'm going to tell my story and you know what this whole thing looks like if you'd like to explain your book so I don't try and sum it up for you.
1: Yeah, so my book is called um, Discovering Your De- Your Identity, A Rebirth from Interrational Struggle. And basically in this book, I talk a lot, a lot about my struggle in finding my identity because I am... I am Italian by birth and Bengali by blood. So I was born and raised in Italy. My parents are from Bangladesh. And basically when I was um, growing up, I am most of the time I felt much like an outsider because um, where I was growing up, there were not that many immigrant kids. So I was always surrounded by everyone who was pretty much different than me. All my friends were Italian, and a lot of the time, because of the cultural differences, I felt like they could not understand me, or I felt like I was not able to fit into that world. But I also struggled at home too, because in my uh, in my home, like my parents are very conservative, very like strict, and they wanted me to be like a fully Bengali like girl. But I also struggled there as well because because I had so much of that Italian influence that I could not see myself fitting a box even at home. So I struggled a lot. I always felt like I was living like in two worlds. Like I had to pretty much mold myself to belong to the Bengali one and also mold myself to to belong into the Italian world. But then I think what I struggled the most is when I moved to Canada and people would ask me questions like, oh, where are you from? And I would never know what to answer. Like, do I say I'm Bengali? Do I say I'm Italian? But the problem was that whichever answer I gave, then people questioned it. Like if I said, I'm Bengali, people would be like, okay, but why do you have such a strong Italian accent when you speak English? Or, when I would like, let's say, say I'm, I'm, I'm Italian, then they will look at me and question it anyway because they were like, okay, but you don't look Italian. So people question no matter what I said. And so I struggle a lot with this because I never knew how to define myself. So then, like in the summer, I wrote this book and I was like, you know what? I want to talk about these different episodes. I want people to know like what I want, went through, what it was for me to grow up in a Bengali household, what it was for me to be like the old, old older sister, what it was for me to know, uh, how it was to dress up and stuff like that. So I wrote that book and I talked a little bit about what it took me to find my identity. And I know that there are girls out there who can relate to me.
0: Yeah, I think it's not... It's not so rare anymore as we like imagine, oh, well, you'll never have two societal clashes in the same time. It's like, no, there's constantly people emigrating to different countries. And when it's your parents, you know, were born and raised Bengali, you're now in Italy. They still hold all of their culture from where they grew up and how they were raised. And you now have to like split between two things. And that has to be like you said incredibly difficult to try and balance
1: yeah it was it was very difficult because at some point i was like this is too much for me i felt like like because i have such a like italian in me i sometimes think more like um like with the i i thought more like the western people so i would clash with my parents a lot but i it, it also made me question a lot like Maybe I'm I'm probably the wrong person in here because I'm thinking completely different than my parents. Maybe I'm the one who's not normal. So I would always follow what they would tell me because I used to think that probably that's the right way to think. And so, like I would do things they would tell they would tell me like be this way, behave this way, say these things because I thought those were okay. But I can tell you that when I grew up, I started to realize that there is not. One way of thinking about stuff but there are multiple ways and you can be multiple like you can have multiple dimensions too and so then I was like you know what it's not it doesn't mean that whatever they're telling me is the right way it's just their way of thinking which is the only thing that they know they only share one view they only share one opinion whereas I grew up in a world that it's very much globalized where everyone shares like multiple views so then I was like you know what I know that I'm clashing with them but the thing is I'm not wrong in here I'm not the one who's not normal here I'm perfectly normal I just have to like you know set boundaries in in this situation and I have to make sure that, you know, I just follow what's my word and what's my truth, basically. So that's how I, like, it's only a couple of years ago that I finally came to realize that, you know what, I embrace both cultures uh, because I grew up with my parents, you know, teaching me about like their values, their culture, the tradition, stuff like that. But a a big part of my life, like a big chunk of it was spent in Italy. So I do have that Italian side in me as well, which I also love.
0: Yeah. Prior to that, did you, Find yourself like trying to be two different people? Like when you're around, you know, your Italian friends and their Italian culture. Did you try to be more Italian? And then when you were around your parents, did you try and lean a little more into that? Or did did you always just kind of like struggle to find a good balance?
1: Yeah, I would say struggle to find a balance because. Like little things such as like my friends would go out in the afternoon, they would go for an ice cream or, you know, they would go to the park. I was never allowed to do that because my parents were super strict. So I never really like, I never tried to like go against them because I felt like, oh, probably it's wrong what I'm thinking. So it was hard for me to, to find the balance. I would say that I always felt I was more myself when I was around my Italian friends because I could express anything without being judged because they had a very open-minded like open-minded uh, mentality where when I was like with some Bengali people it was hard for me to always like say my opinion because I know that some judgment would have would have very um would have come so yeah it was hard
0: did you grow up with very many people in the Bengali community in Italy
1: <laughs> and to tell you the truth that uh, Yes and no. So basically, when my dad moved from Bangladesh to Italy, he was one of the first ones to actually move uh, to Italy. And he always told me that I'm the first Bengali girl to be born there. So I would say I'm like the oldest, like in terms of all the kids that were there. I was the oldest one, so I could not relate to any of these people because they were much younger. So they had already different mentality. So I never had anyone to look up to. I never had anyone to go and ask for questions. So that was probably the biggest
0: struggle. Yeah. You're kind of trailblazing, so to speak. Yeah,
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's, I mean, that's difficult. I know I've got some friends who are like first generation immigrated to America And they're like, I would never behave like this anywhere near my family because it's like, this is something i strictly do with you guys. My, you know, exclusively American friends. He's like, when I'm with my family, I'm a totally different person. Like I cannot be who I am with you guys, which is uncomfortable. He's like, I don't, I don't want to be restricted. He's like, but I'm also, I don't want to let that go.
1: Yes, I know. And, and I totally get this person because that's how I felt too. That I felt like, whatever I could do with my Italian friends, I couldn't do it at home. Or whatever I could say to my Italian friends, I couldn't say that at home because it was seen as like forbidden. Like what's happening to you? They would think that I'm being brainwashed. And that was the biggest concern. But at the same time, I also felt like I could never let go of my roots as much as I wanted. And I would say like there was a point in my life that I was like, you know what? I don't want to be associated to that because it was so like strict. Like I had really strict, rules imposed on me that I was like, I don't want to be associated with that. But with time as I grew up, I start to like appreciate it. I start to appreciate the beauty of it. So that's how I'm like, I'm gonna embrace both.
0: It sounds very like growing up in your teenage years where you're like, man, nothing you guys do is good for me. You're just trying to keep me down. You're trying to make me be like you. And then you grow up and you're like, oh man, I think they were trying to look out for me and now I feel really bad about it. (laughs)
1: yeah 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 for sure, yeah
0: so when you moved, I mean, by the way, big move to go from Italy to Canada, <laughs> like that's a long distance um, Did you come to North America by yourself?
1: I did come by myself, and it wasn't mainly for personal reasons uh, my my reasons to move here, and I basically settled down here, and I was um like I was doing my university, so I did my university in Canada, and um, Canada has been uh, like eye opening for sure. Because in Italy, when I was growing up, all my friends were pretty much Italian. You would not see that many immigrant kids. You would not see that many immigrant kids at school either. But then when it came to Canada, it's from the moment like I landed in this country that I started to see people from like different countries, different ethnicity, people speaking different language. Like in Italy, you only speak one language, which is Italian. And my home we used to speak Bengali. But in Canada, I noticed that, you know, everything is just different. Everyone is like welcoming and friendly and open-minded. But I think what I like the most is the fact that it's so multicultural. Like I have I've never seen that many like mixed kids in my whole life before coming to Canada. And I love that. And I think... I would say that my experience in Canada shaped me to find my identity and to belong somewhere because in Canada, I started to see that there were more and more people like me. You know, there was not just the fact that you're like Italian, Bengali, but you can have, I don't know, Italian, Chinese, or you can have, I don't know, Portuguese, Indian, or stuff like that. And I started to see that this is accepting. You know, people accept you for who you are and people appreciate the diversity that you bring. So I remember like going to university in Canada and loving every moment of it because I started to have a diverse circle of friends. So all my friends were like Asian. I had some from like Latin American countries. I had some from like uh, Pakistan and stuff like that. And I loved that because I think it just gave me a completely different perspective of the world. And it also helped me to like really understand who I am and how much I appreciate the fact that I'm different.
0: Well, I think that's something we don't get to see much, you know, if you don't get the chance to travel and you don't spend time outside of kind of where you, you grew up or where you have relocated early on, you kind of only get exposed to other countries through, you know, the mass media. So you're like, oh, I've seen a lot of movies that take place in Canada and by and large, like it's pretty white. They're Mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, if you're above the U S border, like it's pretty much just English and French. And you're like, no, that's not true at all. It makes for, I guess, a movie shoot, but it's not accurate to the area. And that's something I would bet most people don't know. Like when I think of Canada, I don't think of a very ethnically diverse area just because I haven't seen it. I don't experience it.
1: Yeah. I think, well, I think it's like you said, it's whatever the media portrays, but Honestly, it's the most diverse country that I have seen, along with the United States, because i also been to the United States. And this is what I love about like North America and the States is that we're such a welp- welcoming country and I could see like so much diversity. And in talking about language is that it's true, we do, we are a bilingual country, but the thing is, we're also a multilingual country because at least. Everyone knows, I would say, three languages because you have to know English and French, and then if you belong to another, like to another uh, ethnicity, you must know your home country language. So this is one thing that I really, really appreciate: is that there is so much diversity. It's like a melting pot, and you can always feel like you belong somewhere here. This is one thing that I noticed, and I feel like this is how I was able to find my identity because. I met other people that were sharing my own struggle of like fitting into their world, into like a box or, you know, feeling uh, like an outsider. And I think at the end, you just have to create your your own box and that's all it is. I think.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, that, that's probably a really good portion to focus on because a lot of people struggle to find like, who am I, you know, do I belong to like my, cultural roots do i need to you know reach into like my ancestry what kind of importance do i need to put where when you came to canada did you kind of try and like set it all aside or did you like just take a big inventory and you're like okay this is everything i've ever known and i'm just going to slowly over time like just draw pieces in
1: you know what for me was a work in progress like finding who i am and really understand who I met was a work in progress. And I'm gonna tell you, I didn't know who I was until three years ago. And I've been living in Canada for many, many years. So it really took me a lot of time. It was not, um, like it was, like finding my identity was not something that I wanted to find but it was some it was always like in the back of my mind like who am I like when everyone asks me where are you from or when you have to fill out a form and say okay what is your nationality and I I never knew what to like I struggled even like checking a box and I was like I'm not sure and this is what I started to like question myself and reflect a little bit but I think like How do you find yourself? I I don't think there is a one way to find it. There is no right way. There is no one way. I think it's just with time and with the little things that you do, that you will feel a bit more empowered to like become confident. I think that's how you help yourself and that's how you will find yourself. Because I had once a discussion or a conversation with one of my friends and we were both telling each other like how we have a little bit of difficulty when it comes to like, telling people who we are, because she has a very mixed background. I have this tool and she told me that the only way we can find ourselves is that if we can continue to do the things that we love and by doing those things, you will get closer to your true self. So that's what I have been doing. This is why I do all of the things that I mentioned to you in the introduction is because they really help me to give me a little bit of clarity and I start to have the confidence to tell the people, okay, this is who I am. And it's not just like cultural, but it's also like me as a person, this is why I'm like a very ambitious and, you know, bold woman who wants to like give back to the world. And when it comes to my culture, I think it's just like embracing both of them and not just focus on the negativity that maybe I was probably like growing up in.
0: Yeah. I think everyone wants, you know, like both a quick and easy answer. Is there like, oh, what is the single checkbox that I can just like, yep, that one. um, And how fast can I do it? Because people are like, I want to figure out what my deal is right now. And I can relate to that, especially if you're like trying to find, you know, your purpose or your, you know, your sense of self, like it's hard and you do want to find like a quick answer. But I think the problem with a quick and clean answer is that it's unsatisfying. Like you don't. Like you said, you don't buy into it. You could say, oh, I'm Italian. But you're like, but it's not, I'm not 100% Italian. I don't just like fit in that box. You're kind of like, you know, mixing puzzle pieces and trying to like, oh, this is the complete picture. And it's, there's no one color. Like I am made up of, you know, part of where I grew up and I'm made up of part of how I grew up and I'm made of like my experiences. And I think that's important for people to know is that you don't need to fit a box you just need to be comfortable in your own skin at the end of the day like enjoy who you are and not what you are right
1: yeah and I think you choose who you want to be you know like it's a bit like me you know I could have chosen just to like associate myself to be Bengali you know even though I was was brought up in Italy but the reality is like, I chose to be also Italian, you know, because I want to embrace that, that has been part of my life. But there are people who just chose to be one or the other. And at the end, it's like you said, you just choose to be who you want to be. And that's it. You just have to, okay, to be comfortable with the decision that you make.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's probably difficult. And I have to imagine, especially in our day and age, like trying to help someone get there must be frustrating because you're like oh look I just figured it out and I'm gonna try and help you through it yeah and they're like why is this taking so long
1: yes definitely
0: yeah um do you get to do a lot of that like it seems like something you're passionate about do you get to like help a lot of people kind of figure themselves out
1: you know what I try to help them out in other ways like so first of all, one of the things that I do is that I try to like help them with the, the, the these things that I do, like you know, podcasts where I share my story, my book, my blog. But I also like mentor. So basically, like I mentor for different organizations, and I mentor a couple of women who might not be like me. They just want to have like be mentoring some aspect, to like career, finance, and stuff like that. But I always try to share a little bit of my story to them. So, you know, you can get a little bit of connection. And also because you want them to be educated, you know, like you you want the world to know that there is this diversity that, you know, people might get offended if you say one thing or the other. And that's how I try to like help other people. And do I try to help them directly with this? Not really, because I think it's your own journey. Like you have to figure out yourself. And I think everyone has their time. Everyone has to take their own path. Everyone really, like, it's not like, it's not something that happens overnight. But I think with time, you will find yourself. And it's just by doing, you know, things that you love, like reflecting on yourself, having a good community of people too, I think it helps. And that's what I like, I step in and just share my story. And I think it's just like learning and observing from others and what they did. Because like I said, it's not like everyone is not taking the same path. Everyone has their own rhythm. So it really takes time.
0: Yeah. And I guess a big part of that is, you know, in figuring out who you are, you don't necessarily have to display that is you're like, look, this is a thing for me. I don't need you to know about it. Like, I don't need anyone else to know about it. I just need to recognize it. Like, this is part of me. And I value those
1: exactly. And, and like you said, like you just want to be okay with it, and you have to be ready from people that might judge you because I got a lot of judgment uh, by people. And as much as we would look for validation from the people they are like close to, at the end of the day, you it's your own life, it's your own choice, it's your own decision. So, I just don't understand why we do have, we live in a such a judgmental society that sometimes it can be a little bit toxic, but, you know, you just have to like cut the noise and get out of this and just be okay with who you are.
0: Yeah. Where do you think some of that judgment comes from? Because like you said, it is kind of just nonsense.
1: <laughs> well, I think one, it's a probably lack of knowledge and education. The fact that some people are not open-minded. The, some, the fact that some people are not like reading or educating themselves because you know it does come from ignorance and most of the time and unfortunately we do live in that type of world and unfortunately like I feel like the people that are like most judgmental are the ones that are closest to you that you would not expect and it and it's sad honestly it's sad but I think it's about like setting up healthy boundaries with these people and not let them interfere with your world and with the decision that you make because you will have people always telling you that you're wrong that whatever you're doing it's it's wrong but honestly like where does it say that it's wrong like am I committing a crime by telling you that this is who I am I don't I don't think so so really this judgment. I think it's also like culture too. And some people are not like getting enough information and not being open-minded. It's probably one of the biggest reasons too that people are like that.
0: Yeah. Some people react to hearing news that like, you knew me before this moment where I decided to share whatever I just shared and we were fine. And now Mm -hmm. suddenly the reaction is like, I'm a threat to you. Like my, something in my background is now like threatening your way of life, which is, I mean, it has to be like one in a million. Maybe that's true, but the vast majority, it's like, no, there's nothing. It's not even going to impact your life. I was just sharing this because like, we're getting to know each other. So I'm sharing a thing.
1: Exactly. And it's like you said, it's a threat. People see it as a threat when they... See something not conforming to what they consider normal, but we live in a society where there's no such thing as being normal. Like everything is fine. Like you can be whatever you want to be. You can do whatever you want to do. You can take a different path too. It's like, you know, like I have seen people like, you know, this is the path that we take. We all go to school. We all graduate. We all like, you know, uh get a full-time job, have a family, and that's it. But honestly, that's what we were like thought our whole life. But that doesn't mean that if you take a different path and you decide to like change the order of things that you're doing something wrong, you're just doing differently. But that's because it makes you unique. And I've seen it, like I've seen people, you know, getting married in their 40s, getting married in their 50s, finding happiness at 60. And that's okay too, you know? Like, it doesn't mean that we all have to conform to one thing because there's no such thing as one thing.
0: Yeah, I I have heard it, you know, even in like, as weird as it is, where they're like, oh, you guys are, you guys are married and you're like, almost 40 and you don't have kids. And it's like, you don't have to have kids. They're like, nobody needs to have, if they don't want to have kids, don't make them have kids. Like, what is it harming?
1: Yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, it's like you said, like if someone doesn't want to, they don't want to, or like the expectation that, you know, when a woman reaches her 30, it's expected that she has kids and she expected that she take a pause from her career. But why does he have to be like that? Why are you not telling this to someone else, like the man or something like that brings the whole concept of like equality, you know, it's like, but why?
0: Yeah. And some of that is like, It's weirdly prejudiced in both directions. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about when you said that, because it's like, oh, we expect, you know, the lady to have a kid and then take a break from her career. That, you know, in itself is like a harmful stereotype.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: It's also weird that we assume in that Mm -hmm. stereotype that a man can't take a career pause. Like, oh, you're Mm -hmm. the guy. You can't pause your career. You got to work till you're dead, man.
1: Yes yes like, yes That's yes equally silly. like it, it's exactly exactly I think uh, once um I was watching something and I think they were saying how this man decided to take a paternity leave for like a long time and this was seeing such a wrong thing from the society it's like no you cannot do this it's not your job to do this but why not what what if he wants to you know what if he wants to help his wife what if he wants to spend time with his kids but people were literally judging it because they're not used to see this as being normal, and they see this more like a threat, you know.
0: Yeah, God forbid, there's <laughs> yeah. a father that wants to be around their kids.: Yeah, right?
1: exactly. exactly.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, it's interesting because we're seeing changes. I don't know about uh, how Canada's like paternity leave works. We are starting to see like much more organized maternity and paternity leaves starting to get like just rolled into the system because before this like there was a limited maternity leave and it was honestly really short and that number started to go up where they're like oh well you can like six weeks i think is the minimum now for maternity and then they're like oh well we could give paternity time too like science says it's good for the guy to be around so why don't we start rolling that in it's interesting to see some of those changes
1: Yeah, well, in Canada, I think it's like a year for for the woman. And I think it's like five or six weeks for the man. Yeah, but even then, it's like, you still see the gap. Like, why is she getting longer time and he's getting a shorter time? You know, it's like, why are we not getting both of them the same amount of time? Because both people need to be there to to raise this kid and spend time and help each other. So that's, again, it's like, you, you still do see the inequality.
0: There was an interesting company I was talking to that uh, had a maternity paternity qualifier in there that said um, if they both worked for the company, they could donate their time to each other, however they wanted. So if the the father decided like, I'm only going to be there for the first week to try and help get things set up, he could donate the rest of his like five remaining weeks to his wife. And she would have 11 instead of six. Wow. Um, and you could do it the other way, like if the if for some reason the mom wanted to get right back to work, like she could donate her remaining time to him to stay with the child. It was a really interesting concept where I'm like, oh, like it only applies if you both work for the company, but still interesting thought.
1: Like if you both work in the same company.
0: Yeah, it was a pretty oh. big company. I'll say, okay. like in the area that I'm in, it probably has thousands of employees. Okay. So big company, but they're like, yeah, if you both work here, we're giving you both leave anyway. If you guys want to split it between each other, however you want, just go ahead and do that. Anyway, (laughs) off on that tangent. um, Any other kind of thoughts that you had about, you know, helping people maybe get started on some, some much needed introspection?
1: Um. I would really say, and I'm joining it from my personal experience, is to do, is to start doing things that you love, you know, because that's really what happened with me. Because I would say that, Like I graduated and then I started to work, but there were some things about my life that I wanted to go back to. So for instance, like volunteering, it's something that really brings me a lot of fulfillment. So I started to go back to that. I started to like attend toastmasters meeting to practice my public speaking skills. I started to like create my own blog to share my you know my thoughts and like educate people the fact that I published this book has been like also something new for me that I have never thought of and I'm, I'm gonna tell you it took me a lot of gut guts to do it and the same with like blog and YouTube channel because of this fear of being judged by people which I still I am like I'm still am being judged by people by whatever I'm saying whatever I'm doing but everything that I did like just doing this thing that I'm passionate about it brings me a lot of happiness really helped me to like find myself. And it gave me so much confidence and clarity. And I think the more that you do the things that you love, the more you will like help you, the more they will help you to find yourself. And I think that's where you have to start with. It always starts with you and always start by doing the things that you love. And like, that's how I think you'll find a direction. If you're lost, you will find a direction and that direction will bring you to your destination, basically.
0: Yeah, and I like the way you say that because it's all very neutral. You're not like, oh, pick specific things you like from each of your, you know, backgrounds or influences. You're like, no, just do the things you like. And by the end of it, when you're happy with yourself, you can look at it and go like, oh, so that's how it was made up.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's like, there is no scientific way to do it this is how I see it you know it's um it's a trial and error that's how I like to see it you know trying things out and see but it's not something that you want to force yourself either because it will just come with time you know it's like it's, it's like I said it's not something that happens overnight it's just something that will take time and then little by little I think you will help you will start to realize who you are I think that's how it starts and and when you have people questioning it, you will have the strength to like push back and be like, no, this is who I am. And this happened to me because I had, I did meet people telling me, okay, but you are this. I'm like, nope, that's not who I am. I told you this is me. And I have the, like, I have this, the strength and the courage to say that. And I say that without feeling guilty about it. Like I'm not feeling bad that, you know, I probably heard the person's feelings because You know what? They did hurt my feeling by just saying that, you know, this is not who you are. So I think it just comes with time and you just have to do the things that you love. And then you will have the courage to like, you know, tell the world, this is who I am.
0: Yeah. The sheer, I have to imagine like ignorance to tell someone else that's like, that's not who you are. Yeah. You don't know who I am.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) That's the craziest thing you could say. But I do think you used like a really good phrase when you said figuring yourself out, you know, it's trial and error. I think so many people are afraid of doing something and then like messing up. Mm -hmm. But if you're doing, you know, what you said and you're doing things that are, you know, they bring you joy or they make you happy or they make you feel fulfilled. The only error is like, oh, they didn't make me as happy as I thought they would. Like, well, that's okay. Like now, you know, they're not going to make you super happy, but maybe it's something that, you know, you like an aspect of it. Now chase down that path instead of, you know, like, oh, I tried to do a thing that made me happy and it made me sad. Like, Well, mm. hopefully not. That would be a really weird outcome.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like you said, you know, it can get messy, but there is beauty in the messy. That's how I, I see it. and. You know, the more mistakes we do, the more we learn about ourselves, And I think that's very important. And I think with a lot of mistakes I did in my life, I think I was able to learn a little bit more about myself and learn what I wanted versus what I don't, what I didn't want in my life. So it gives you like both perspective.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's great. Any like really hard earned lessons where you're like, I went through the ringer, but I finally figured something out. Um, Anything you'd share that's like, oh boy, I'm going to help you avoid a lot of heartache.
1: One thing that I would say is that judgment will always be there, but you have to build a shelter to protect yourself. And I think our mental health comes before everything else. And unfortunately, we will always have people with their backlashes and saying bad things to us, but you have to protect yourself by creating a shelter and just being truth to yourself. I think being honest to yourself is the most important thing. As long as you're honest with yourself, you should not be caring what other people are saying and just protect yourself because it's very, very important that we do that for our health, for, you know, for how we feel, because these things can really bring you down. And it did really happen to me. And I would remember, like, feeling very, like, sad about it. And unfortunately, these things will be there. But you just have to find a way to really protect yourself. That's it.
0: I think that's good advice to give people. I appreciate this greatly having you on the show. It's been great. I've had a lot of fun with it. I wanted to kind of give you some time to, you know, plug where people can find you and the things you're doing.
1: Yes. Yeah, so people can find me on YouTube. Uh, so it's called Urmi Hossain. And basically on my YouTube channel, I talk about like career. I talk about public speaking, how to learn different languages. I also have some interviews uh, like with some people. Then I have my blog. And basically in my blog, I write articles uh, like um, about career public speaking. I tell them like little tips that you can do in their life. You know, if you want to like find time with yourself, what can you do? And things like that. I also give book, books recommendation. And then, of course, I have my book, which they can find on Amazon. They just have, if they type my name, I'm pretty sure it will show up, but it's called The Discovering Your Identity, A Rebirth from Intergenerational Struggle. And I'm also on LinkedIn, so people can also, like, connect with me on LinkedIn. They just have to type my name, which is only how sign.
0: Well, again, thank you for being on the show. It's been okay. great. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Just Dumb Enough podcast. Please take a brief moment to rate the show five stars on iTunes, Spotify, or Audible. The only way to help the show grow is to get new reviews and new listeners, and you can do your part by telling other people that you enjoy this podcast. I'm always looking for new topics, guest ideas, and questions from the audience. To reach out to me, email dumbenoughpodcast at gmail.com or send a message to any of the show pages on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or wherever else you can find us. That's all for now. I will see you either Sunday night at 7pm Pacific Time, for the live stream on Podbean, or Monday when the next episode goes up. We'll be celebrating one year of being just dumb enough on the airwaves. I can't wait. Buh-bye!